I told Derek when we were preparing for this service that for me it doesn't feel like Easter until I sing that song. Um, but at 6.30 in the morning, I debated that consideration. Because um, it was very high at 6.30 in the morning. <laughs> Our gospel lesson today comes from the 24th chapter of Luke. Very early in the morning, on the first day of the week, the women went to the tomb, bringing the fragrant spices they had prepared. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they went in, they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. They didn't know what to make of this. Suddenly, two men were standing beside them in gleaming, bright clothing. The women were frightened and bowed their faces toward the ground. But the men said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead, he isn't here, but has been raised. Remember what he told you while he was still in Galilee, that the Son of Man must be handed over to sinners, be crucified, and on the third day rise again. Then they remembered his words. When they returned from the tomb, they reported all these things to the eleven and all the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the other women with them who told these things to the apostles. Their words struck the apostles as nonsense, and they didn't believe the women. But Peter ran to the tomb. When he bent over to look inside, he saw only the linen cloth. Then he returned home, wondering what had happened. Friends, this is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. O Lord, let the words of my mouth and the thoughts and meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing in your sight. For you, O Lord, are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. I remember the feeling. Exhausted, I found myself reflecting after the long weekend of performances. We had spent over two months, day in and day out, preparing for the big shows, the big musicals in my junior and senior years of high school. There had been read-throughs of scripts, music rehearsals to learn all of the songs, choreography sessions, costume fittings, blocking rehearsals, and then what theater calls Hell Week of dress rehearsals, endless notes from directors, late nights, and the hope that somehow everything would come together by the shows that weekend. It was a tedious process in the midst of it. So many pieces that needed to come together. And it was thrilling once the curtain lifted. But after the countless hours of work and preparation, Saturday night, closing evening, came and went. And in one weekend, it was all done. And I remember feeling a kind of emptiness and sadness, wondering, is this all that there is? Have you ever asked, Is this all there is? Maybe you've gotten as far as your what I want to be when I grow up dreams will take you. You may have the career in the field that you studied for. You may have the 2.2 children and home that you hoped to have. And you might find yourself wondering, is this all there is? Maybe you've made a fair amount of money and gotten to buy stuff that you want only to realize that new stuff doesn't actually make you happy. 
The new stuff feels thrilling for a moment, but it is fleeting no matter what the thing is. So maybe you've sat in the aftershock of Christmas morning with the wrapping paper strewn about and wondered, is this all there is? The disciples found themselves wondering, is this all there is? After all, they believe this man, Jesus, to be the Messiah, the one who would save them and the world. They had dedicated their lives to following Jesus and to his movement. And now, in just a few short days, his movement seemed to be destroyed. The disciples were lost and hopeless. They were left to wonder, staring out with glazed over eyes, is this all there is? The women came to the tomb early on that Sunday morning. They came with the embalming spices and oils ready to prepare Jesus' body. They hadn't been able to finish this on Friday because sundown came and the Sabbath began. This was not just a routine process for these women. They had helped to embalm people before, sure. Death was part of life. But they too had been following Jesus for the last few years. They too had traveled with him, helped fund the ministry, and believed that he would save Israel. So as the women walk up to the tomb that they had seen just two days earlier, the stone to the entrance had been rolled away, and no body was to be found. Of course the women were confused, They had to be wondering to themselves and possibly aloud to each other, what happened? Just then, two men appear seemingly out of nowhere in radiant clothing. Of course, the women are frightened, falling to the ground like Moses in the presence of the burning bush or Peter, James, and John when Jesus was transfigured before them. And every word that these angelic men say to the women is full to the brim with significance. They first ask, why do you look for the living among the dead? This question must have confused the women and not made any sense to them at first. After all, they had seen with their eyes the body of Jesus after his crucifixion laid in this tomb. What living person were these men talking about? He isn't here, but has been raised. The women start to grasp what the men are saying to them. Not fully, for they did not have a category for people rising up from the dead. But they realized that God is up to something in this moment. Then the men say to them, Remember what he told you while he was still in Galilee, that the Son of Man must be handed over to sinners, be crucified, and on the third day rise again. And boom, it all begins to flood back to the women, like a video loop as they remember those moments of Jesus talking and sharing with them what they had stored up and treasured in their hearts. The story doesn't tell us how the angels left or how long the women stayed there at the tomb. It doesn't give us the details of how they came up with the plan to tell the disciples and the other followers. We just learn that the women remembered his words. And in that moment, that action alone was what they needed. Remembering Jesus' words changed them from being hopeless to hopeful. 
First, they remembered the myriad of times Jesus had told them what would happen to him. He had told the disciples not long before their journey to Jerusalem for Passover this, look, we're going up to Jerusalem and everything written about the Son of Man by the prophets will be accomplished. He will be handed over to the Gentiles. He will be ridiculed, mistreated, and spit on. After torturing him, they will kill him. On the third day, he will rise up. But in that moment, the disciples did not understand anything that Jesus was saying. But now in this moment, the women see that Jesus had told them that this very thing would happen. He had told them that he would rise from the dead. And they remembered the other words of Jesus that took on new light, that made sense to them in different ways on this side, on this side of the resurrection. When Jesus said, I assure you that whoever doesn't welcome God's kingdom like a child will never enter it. Or he said, don't chase after what you will eat and what you will drink. Stop worrying. All the nations of the world long for these things. Your father knows that you need them. Instead, desire his kingdom and these things will be given to you as well. Or when he asked, what advantage do people have if they gain the whole world for themselves yet lose their lives? You see, the women's eyes were open for the first time because they remembered the words of Jesus. They could see not just with their physical eyes, but they could now see a deeper reality. They could finally receive the kingdom like children. They could understand that they didn't need to worry about everyday things compared to the importance of seeking God's kingdom. They understood when Jesus told them to lose their lives for his sake, that they would find not only their death, but their resurrection as well. So the women are hopeful. They understand who Jesus is and what Jesus has done. And they go to the disciples to tell them what happened. I picture the women overcome with excitement, like a kindergartner about to tell you a great story. And as they tell the disciples what they saw, their words struck the apostles as nonsense, and they didn't believe the women. You think we men would have learned by now. But no. And Peter, ever the impetuous one, goes out to check things for himself, sees the empty tomb, and wonders what happened. The disciples, you see, were only looking at things with their physical eyes. They did not have a category for resurrection from the dead. When someone was dead, they were dead. The disciples in this scene represent so many people who find resurrection faith to be irrational. The disciple thought that the women were just making up stories and that they were hysterical with grief. But hear these words today. Resurrection faith does not require a suspension of belief in reality. It requires a belief in an even deeper reality. Resurrection faith does not require a suspension of belief in reality. It requires belief in an even deeper reality. Why do the stories of Narnia or Harry Potter or the Marvel Universe resonate with us? It's because we understand that there is more than meets the eye. Something deep within us knows there is a reality far deeper than that which we can see. 
When the women remember Jesus' words, it helps them to see. What does it mean for us to remember? Remembering like this is not just about nostalgia. It doesn't mean to just remember the good old days when Jesus was alive, preaching and healing in their midst. No, remembering in this way is about everything becoming clear in the light of the resurrection. The things Jesus said did not completely make sense to the disciples before the resurrection. And now, in the light of his resurrection, they make sense. I would like to contend that there is a BC and an AD in each of our lives. In each of our lives, there is a time before Christ. A time when the stories about Jesus are nothing more than stories. A time when we have not personally encountered Jesus. You might be here today. You might be with us online. And you might be in a BC, a before Christ time in your life, wondering if this is all there is. But by participating with us today and by remembering Jesus' words, you too can move into new life with Jesus, A.D., if you will, where your life is found in the resurrection life of Jesus. This is not easy to do. It requires faith. But it is worth it. You can move from being hopeless to hopeful. You see, a lot of why we gather as church is to remember. We read from this book and we study from it to remember. We participate week after week in this simple meal and holy meal, remembering that Jesus died for our sake and rose from the dead to give us life. We remember. Friends, when we don't remember, it is impossible for us to have resurrection vision. We remain in B.C. time in our lives, looking around and wondering if this is all that there is. Today, in the year of our Lord, 2022, there is good news. There is wonderful news. There is hopeful news. What you see is not all there is. Every morning when I check out Google News, I'm reminded of the despair of our world. What we see around us is not good news. Pain, violence, hatred, division, all things under the realm of death. If this is all that you see, then there is no reason for hope. But the hopeful news today is that even in those places of pain, the resurrection of Jesus shines through. There are glimpses of hope and rays of light where God's kingdom is breaking in. And when you follow Jesus, you not only have the eyes to see those places, you actually get to participate in them. Another piece of good news. Reversal and change are possible. Sometimes it seems like people are who they are. We might convince ourselves that some people will never change so that we can cope with being continually disappointed by them. But the good news of Jesus' resurrection is that change is indeed possible. Graves can turn into gardens. Death can turn into life. He is not here. He has been raised. And another great bit of news 
is that death is not the end. Friends, we are scared of death in our world today. We have made death to be the great enemy, but it's the one enemy that always wins. Friends, the good news of resurrection is that death is not the end. Because Jesus died and was raised, we will be too. You can be a part of this hope-filled good news. What you see is not all there is. May you gain resurrection eyes to see today and to join in the risen life of Jesus that changes everything. Would you pray with me? Most holy God, we thank you that you rose Jesus from the dead and that on this day we can celebrate it. Lord, this day, this Easter, means a lot to us and it means different things to different people sitting here. But Lord, most of all, we recognize that right here in the place of spring when we see those flowers coming up all around us, that it it symbolizes hope. It symbolizes rebirth. God, and the reality that we too can be made new. Lord, that our lives can be transformed. That we can move from death into life, from B.C. into A.D. in our lives. So Jesus, I pray that you would give each of us eyes to see. God, eyes to see that when we look around us, it is not all that there is, but indeed you are doing a deeper work, that you are doing a holy work in and through our world, in and through us. And God, that you call us as your people to be that light in the midst of darkness. God, we pray. We pray that you would indeed be transforming us be molding us into the types of people, Lord, who recognize that what we see is not all there is. Make us like those women, Lord, who can remember your words and see what you are doing anew by the power of your Holy Spirit. Amen.